Dear beloved, the message you're about to listen to is brought to you by MICC Global. It is a church full of believers who are learning of Jesus and living for Jesus. Open up your heart as you are about to be changed, transformed and renewed by the word of God. You definitely need to grab your Bible and notepad because Jesus is ready to speak directly to you. Now, the ministry of the lead pastor, MICC Global, Reverend Ulushola Olayemi. Hallelujah. All right. Um, I'm impressed in my spirit tonight to do a part two of something I talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about helping many more people become more like Jesus. And... Um, for time's sake, I will not try to recap on the things we said. I'll just go to the second part of it and share certain things with you that I'm convinced the Spirit of God wants us to look at very critically and understand from the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Let me start by stating that no man can be like the Lord apart from by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. No man can be like the Lord apart from by the Spirit of the Lord. So when we talk about helping many more people become more like Jesus, settle that in your heart that it is an order, it's a desire, it's a plan, it's a dream that is only made possible by the ministry of the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I said, no man can be like the Lord apart from by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when we talk about becoming more and more like Jesus, more of what I want to share tonight is material about this Jesus that we should be like. So as we look into this discourse tonight, some of the things that I will be presenting to you is why it is Jesus that we should be more like. Number two, how to become more and more like Jesus. And also to emphasize to your understanding, our understanding that this is the priority of the work of the Spirit. In fact, to understand that everything, are you with me tonight? Everything the Spirit of the Lord is doing is to the end that men are more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is your destiny. He is the goal to which the Holy Spirit labors. Absolutely everything the Spirit of the Lord is doing is to this end. The purpose of his presence in your life is to this end. The powers he releases to work in our lives is towards this end. The end of his labors is this, that we are more and more like Jesus. As a matter of fact, please understand this, that the end of all things is men like Jesus. Hallelujah. The end of all things is men like Jesus. 
when everything comes to an end as it, we know it to be, what will remain will be men who are like Jesus. Hallelujah. Now to start our Bible study tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. I hope you're all comfortable. Praise God. If there's anything that is causing you discomfort, please address it now. If you need to relocate, please do that. This is a very important discourse that I want us to have. So please, if you need a pen, just raise your hand. Brother Shedman will help you to bring pens from the office. It's important. Capture as much of it as you can capture tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Are you there? And I want to read, first of all, from verse number 19. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse number 19. It reads thus. I'm reading for Amplified to start off with. If we who are abiding in Christ have hoped only in this life, and this is all there is, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied. I'll also like to read that from the, the sorry, the message translation. And um, it reads thus, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we are a pretty sorry lot. Hallelujah. Do you get that? Now, this verse of the Bible is telling you that the purpose of the Christ in our lives goes beyond anything we can reap here on earth. Write that down. Um, last week, I believe, I was talking to you about how that we have become so mindful of the things of men and forgotten the things that we should really put our minds on. In many places where Christians are supposedly gathered, and I say this with every sense of responsibility and at the same time with every sense of duty, that in many places where Christians have supposedly gathered, Christianity has failed there. Because one major characteristic of Christianity is that it persistently labors to take men's attention off themselves and off the offers of the world. Are you with me? If you are at any point in time engaged and caught up in a Christianity that constantly speaks to you about how to make your life in the earth, more comfortable you are in a pseudo form of christianity true christianity does not does not get itself consumed with earthly satisfactions because the true value of christianity the true value of jesus in your life is not anything you can reap or gain here on earth. You will definitely experience what is called the down payment for it, 
which is what is referred to as the Holy Spirit we've received as a seal. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says, verse number 13, it says, after you heard the gospel of your salvation, the word of truth, you believed. And then it says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It goes on to refer to the Holy Spirit of promise as the earnest of our inheritance. And that word earnest is the Greek word arabon, which is a down payment. Which means that everything and anything we see the Holy Spirit doing in our lives whilst we are on earth here is but a part representation of a fuller and a greater glory. Somebody say amen. So the true value of Christianity is not in anything. The true value of Jesus in your life is not in anything that you can become, attain to, possess, handle here on earth. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, which is very important, he says, if on this earth our hope uh, our, our, our expectations about Jesus are the things that Jesus can do for us while we are on the earth here, which for the most part you will agree with me is what we have made church about. Praise God. If that's what our hope and our expectation of Jesus is, we are a pitiable bunch. We are miserable because we have reduced the true value and the potential of the Christ to things that we can gain here on earth. We've reduced the value of Jesus to solving earthly problems. I want you to please, in faith, write this down, that the value of Jesus is not found in his ability to solve earthly problems. Hallelujah. Christianity is not about getting Jesus to solve earthly problems. Yes, the life of Jesus will bring about solutions on different levels at different times, but the greater value of Jesus should never be quitted to the problems of earth when they are solved or they're not solved. My Jesus is bigger than that. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about helping many more people become more like Jesus, you need to know what we're talking about. It's not just about making people become good people. It's not just about changing systems. It's about understanding the divine prophetic destiny that God has designed for men in Christ Jesus. Now, the second focus of scripture we'll look at is John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11. Um, whilst you put your finger in John chapter 11, please, for those of you who are taking notes, I want you to look into your notes thus far. Do you have any points? I'm serious. Do you have any points? I want you to know whether or not I've just been speaking. Or there are points. Are there points to this thing? Is there knowledge to this thing? Oh, I praise God. John chapter number 11. Are you there? Of course, we're going to read the story of Martha, Jesus, and Lazarus. And we're going to begin reading from verse number 21. 
It says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Hallelujah. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Which was an earthly solution that could be found in Jesus. You get that? Let's read on. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, can we read verse 26 together? Are you there? One, two, go. Sorry, is that 26 or 25? I went from 25. Forgive me. 25, 25. One, two, go. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die. Praise the Lord. Now, the scenario is this, that Lazarus had died. Jesus had approached. They had come to meet Jesus at the border of the town. And Martha breaks down and says, Lord, if you were here, this earthly problem would have been solved. My brother would not have died. Jesus says, your brother will live. She said, but I know even so that if you ask God for anything, he will do it. Meaning if you ask God that Lazarus should be given back to us, you could be valuable to us and resolve this problem. And God will do that for you. And Jesus says, your brother will live. She says, yes, I know that he will rise again in the last day in the resurrection. And Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason why I brought you here is because I want to explain to you what Jesus meant when he said, I am the resurrection. Praise God. The word resurrection is the Greek word anastasis. And it emphasizes, are you with me? It emphasizes the state of which a person or a thing will be after it has resurrected. What Jesus was saying in that scripture is, when you look at me on the day of resurrection, you will discover that the activity of resurrection will make you somebody like me. So when he says, I am the resurrection, he says, I am the final state in which men will be when the resurrection happens. Now, that is why I said to you, Jesus is the ultimate goal. Men like Jesus is the ultimate goal. He states it emphatically. He says, on that day when men will be raised. Now, there's another word that's used as resurrection in Greek. It's ex-anastasia or ex-anastasis. Ex means the former state in which one was before there was an activity, supernatural activity. And the supernatural activity referred to as an ejero of the spirit will produce an outcome. There's a former state upon which a supernatural power rests and the supernatural power produces what we call an anastasis, praise God. Now, Jesus says every time there is a supernatural activity, 
upon a person or a being, the result will be an anesthesis. And I am that anesthesis. Praise the Lord. Now by that you need to understand that when we say helping people become more and more like Jesus, it is about encouraging that work of the Spirit upon the lives of men. That causes them to evolve. And you remember I started by telling you that no man can be like the Lord apart from by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. But it must be, it must be clear to you that all activity of the Spirit in the lives of people are to the end that they will have the resurrection. Now the resurrection itself is not an event. The resurrection is a person and the state of being of that person. So Jesus is the resurrection. It's not the event only that's the resurrection. It is what men become when that supernatural power of God's spirit rests upon them at the time of resurrection. Listen, so the Bible, let's go there. First John chapter three, first John chapter three. And he now puts it this way in first John chapter number three. Oh, hallelujah. Are you still with me? First John chapter 3. Are you there? First John chapter 3 starts by saying, Behold, in other words, see, observe, take note what manner, the kind of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. For we shall see him as he is. This scriptures, I'm bringing to your attention so that you will understand that all that God is working towards in your life by his spirit is to evolve you more and more to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. The activity of the Spirit of God in your life is to that end. And the truth of the matter is, forget it. No man can be like the Lord apart from by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, this is why when we talk about being born again, you need to understand. The being born again is not about choosing a creed or a lifestyle. Praise God. You see, something happens when a man gets born again. When a person really gets born again, something supernatural happens. Something that at times is hard to explain. Because like Jesus said, he that is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. It says, as the wind listeth and bloweth and no man knows where it comes from or where it's going. It says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Something happens. Listen to me, child of God. When you subscribed to Jesus for salvation, it wasn't all about a choice and now I will live by that choice. Something happened to you. Something happened in your heart. Something was removed. And something new was placed on the inside. Something changed. 
something that had not operated in you before was placed and engaged in your spirit. The operations of which now has produced a new kind of life and living in you. It's not just that I chose to repent. You see, what happens at the point of salvation is beyond repentance. Repentance is your choice for change. Salvation is the power that changed you. And was deposited in your spirit as the spirit of God. Now know this about the spirit of the Lord. Jesus says in John chapter 6, he says, the flesh profits nothing. The spirit gives life. So in that moment when you made a choice for Jesus in genuine faith, the heart of stone was taken out of you. Hallelujah. This is why honestly, it is not possible for you to say that you genuinely got saved and you did not change. There is no genuine salvation that does not herald a genuine change. It's about a power at work in you. Ezekiel puts it this way. He says, in that day, I will, this is the new covenant that I will have with them. He says, in that day, I will take out of them the heart of stone. I'll put in them a heart of flesh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know why you are changed? You are changed because he changed you from the inside. No genuine child of God is a whitewashed sepulcher. I take out of them a heart of stone. I'll put in them a heart of flesh. I'll put in them a new spirit. Hallelujah. It says, then I'll put my spirit in them and cause them to walk in my counsels and to do my will. Glory to God. And all this is God working at us, working in us to make us more and more like the resurrection. Hallelujah. Can I say this to you, brothers and sisters? The resurrection has started for everyone who genuinely has received Jesus Christ. You're on your way to that resurrection. You're on your way to that resurrection. It has started. Another scripture I love so much is in Titus chapter 3. In Titus chapter 3, there Titus uh, makes mention, he says, he talks about, um, he says, when the goodness and the kindness of God towards man was revealed. He says, not by any works of righteousness which we have done. He says, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. In other words, he started something new in you. Are you there? Look, in, look into your Bible. Titus chapter 3. Reading from verse number 3. Titus chapter 3. Reading from verse number 3. It's a beautiful reading. It's a beautiful reading. Are you there? Amen. He says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, 
living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say glory to God. Washing is cleansing. So we were made clean through the regeneration. Through regenerations. It was something new that was started in us. And that new thing that was started in us created our purity. This is why now in Christ Jesus, for anyone who really has a, is a child of God, there's a spirit in you that yearns purity. There's a spirit in you that labors for purity. I tell people, and you need to understand this, the righteousness of a man in Christ Jesus, the righteousness you've received through Christ Jesus is not exactly like the righteousness of Abraham. The righteousness of Abraham was an imputed righteousness, which means it's legal. It was credited to him. He, 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 we, when, we, when we see him, we, we, there's no righteousness in him per se, but his faith, we credit it just as righteousness. Hallelujah. When we believe in Jesus, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? When we believe in Jesus, that faith is also offered to the Lord. And in exchange, we are credited with a similar righteousness. It's an imputed righteousness. But because we have now received an imputed righteousness, we receive the Holy Ghost, who is the what? Imparted righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So you are not just righteous by imputation, you are righteous by impartation. That is why like Jesus, you love righteousness, you hate wickedness. It's the Christian life. There's something at work in you. And all these things are working because the Lord has decided... That you will be conformed progressively more and more to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is your destiny. To be like Jesus is the best you will ever be. Hallelujah. And don't, don't rescue yourself from what the world is offering you. There is none, no matter how, how flamboyant, no matter how... Renowned they may be, no matter how beautiful, no matter how intellectual they may be, no matter how, how acclaimed they are in the world today. What they are is still nothing compared to who you are if you have Jesus. There is no basis for comparison. And commonly, can I share this with you? Commonly, you need to understand that the same strategy with which the devil got Adam and Eve and he tried to get Jesus is the same strategy with which he's getting the sons of God today. God already has given you the best. Just like he gave to Adam and Eve the best. Bible says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. The devil came to him, to Eve, and said, God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will be like him. But God said, I've created you like me. Hallelujah. 
And what he knew was that by, by selling that narrative to Eve and Adam ultimately, right, they will drop what they have to take what is offering them, which is nothing. Hallelujah. By implication, let me tell you what actually the sin, the sin of Adam was. The sin of Adam was not in the fruit that they ate. The sin of Adam was that when he faced and confronted with two options, he presented faith in what the devil said above what God had said. That is why by faith, men fell. By faith, men are justified. You understand that? It's faith. The sin of Adam was a faith sin. God told him, don't eat of that. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. It wasn't just the eating that was the problem. The problem was that someone came up and gave him a contrary narrative. And he believed the contrary narrative. Brothers and sisters, if you believe the world more than you believe God, you are repeating the error of Adam and Eve. It was the same thing. In Matthew chapter 4, just before Jesus went, chapter 3 and 4, right? Before he went into the wilderness, look, look, the same thing, right? The Bible says, when he was baptized in the Jordan, uh, they heard a voice, isn't it? It says, this is my beloved son. And after that, the Bible says, he was moved by the spirit, driven of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. What was the first temptation? If you be the son of God. Hallelujah. Always tempting us to put down what God has given us for what he's offering us. And it's always a ploy. It's always deceit. There is nothing the devil can give you. Listen, there is nothing the world can make of you that compares with what God has called you to be in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. The best of what you can be. The best of what I can be. The best of what our brothers and sisters can be. In the first series when I talked about helping people become more and more like Jesus, I said it's good. Encourage people to be their best in different things. But beyond your encouragement for people, let this be the topmost priority. The best you can do for a person is to labor for them to be more and more like Jesus. In the end, everything that is not like Jesus will suffer the second death. Revelations chapter 20, verse number 6. Thereabout, the Bible tells us, it says those who have experienced the resurrection will never be on the power of the second death. Hallelujah. You cannot be as God has called you to be in Jesus and be a victim of the second death. The victory is in allowing the Spirit of God to do the work that he needs to do to make you into that state in which you've been called to. Hallelujah. 
As I begin to tie things up, let us read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Beautiful portion of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Glory to Jesus. What is God working at in your life? Making you more and more like Jesus. Making you suited for resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, now that we have Jesus, we have eternal life by the Spirit of the Lord. I used to think that in a sense, God gave us three gifts at salvation. The Holy Spirit, eternal life, and righteousness. In the real sense of it, what God gave us is just his spirit. His spirit produces eternal life. Eternal life manifests righteousness. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit is what God gave us. His spirit. But the Bible says the spirit gives life. Where does life come from? The spirit. He that believes in me as the scriptures have said out of his belly shall flow rivers of life water. John chapter 7 verse 37. 38 says and this he spoke of the Holy Spirit who was to be given. You get that? John chapter 4 verse 14. He that drinks of this water that I give it shall abide in him and shall become what? A river springing forth unto eternal life. Where does life come from? Zoe is given by the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Zoe of God is the work, the presence, write this down. The Zoe of God is the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a man. We call it the life of God. Zoe, 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 Zoe. Zoe is the presence and the activities of the Spirit of God in a man's life. For us, it's a foretaste of the life of eternity in the season of our humanity. Do you get that? It's a foretaste of the life that is lived in eternity whilst we are still in the domain of humanity. It is the work of the Spirit. You check the, you check the scriptures. John 6, 63 says that. John, 8, John 7, 37, 38 I talked about says that. John, John chapter 4, 14, you get, says the same. The Bible is replete with it. It's the spirit that gives life. Hallelujah. So when Jesus said, I came that they may have life, what he's saying is I came that they may have the Holy Spirit who will produce in them life. Hallelujah. Also understand this, that the work of Jesus was not an end in itself. It was not the end of God's dealings. It was actually the end of a phase so that another phase can begin. So in Jesus Christ, we have the legal fulfillment of the requirements that make it possible for the Holy Spirit to now deal with us. Read, open your Bible to Colossians chapter 3.
Sorry, I don't think it's Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Remind me Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians, thank you. Galatians, is it 3 now? 3 verse 13. Hallelujah. Now let's look at that scripture together. Are you there? Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Amen. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. And then what does it say? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Can I tell you something? You know the reason why Jesus did what Jesus did? Was so that you can have the Holy Spirit. He did what he did, justified us, removed us from God's judgment list, used his blood to cleanse our consciences of all dead works, remove all the fields, so that now the Holy Spirit can come in. And when the Holy Spirit comes in, the presence of that Holy Spirit and the function of that Holy Spirit in your life is what is called eternal life. Now, as eternal life finds expression in your life, you discover that you're walking in righteousness. You're living, you're thinking as you should think. <clears throat> you're speaking as you should speak. You're conducting yourself as you should conduct yourself. Two or three things that I just want to reiterate before I close. Number one, I said, very important, that Jesus is the goal. People like Jesus is what the Spirit of God is working at. Number two. Is that it is by the work of the Spirit that that is accomplished. So, let's now go to 2 Corinthians, I said, right? Chapter number three, beautiful portion of Scripture. And then we just close. Amen. Are you there? Have you gained something tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. You will soar higher and higher in this glory. <coughs> in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 3. I want to read to you from verse number... Um, okay, let me take it from the beginning. It says, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? He says, you are, somebody say, you are. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. In other words, what he's working in us is what we have labored by his spirits to work in you. And it has so, it has so succeeded that people see, encounter you, and what they see in you is the message of the Christ. Hallelujah. You see, this is the goal. That's the operation. Praise God. So he says, you are our epistles written in our hearts, first of all, known and read by all men. I love this. Clearly, if you have a paper Bible and you can underline, please underline that. Clearly, 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 you are an epistle of Christ. In other words, every encounter with you 
people are meant to get the signals of Christ from your life. Can I have an amen? There is no reading of you wherein there's a deficit of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I love the word it starts, he says clearly. Can you say clearly? Ask your neighbor how clear is it? <coughs> clearly, thank you. Clearly, clearly, clearly. Can you help me with one or two other words that we can use for that? Obviously, yes? Crystal clear. Any other one? Sir, Pastor? Lucidly, praise God. Your banco? Ah, did you hear that? Without any clarity. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, that's your destiny. And clearly, clearly, clearly. Say clearly. Clearly what? You are. An epistle of Christ. It says ministered by us. Written not with ink. Here we go now. So the Christ I'm seeing in your life. Is not a Christ that can be written by ink. Hallelujah. It's not something that can be done through carnal means. Brothers and sisters. It's not even by effort. You can't produce Christ in you by effort. Amen. It says, not by ink, but by what? The spirit of the living God. It tells me that I am as good as the spirit of the Lord is able to work in me. I manifest Christ, I evolve to be like Jesus to the extent that the Spirit of the Lord is able to operate in me. So we could, be, we could all be born again. But the vibes we're giving out are different. Because it's on different levels that we allow the Spirit of God. You know, this is why in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, he says, uh, I, this one thing, he says, I put my flesh under. Because the Galatians, Paul says in Galatians, he says, the spirit wars against the flesh. The flesh against the spirit. He says, the, the, the flesh does not allow the spirit to do what the spirit will do. So he says, so I put my flesh under. But ultimately, the extent to which you are a clear epistle of Christ is the extent to which the Holy Spirit is able to do his work in you. Hallelujah. Now it says, ministered in us, is by us, uh, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Then he says, on, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. Praise God. Your spirit man, your heart, your inner life, the activity of the spirit of God in your inner life is what ultimately determines the extent to which you evolve 
and fulfill your destiny. I told you, your destiny is not whether you become president of Nigeria, president of the United States, president of Congo. Destiny is the extent to which Jesus is manifested in your life. The extent to which you conform to the image of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just quickly going to rush through the remaining part. It says, and we have such trust through you towards God. Through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the what? Spirit. For the letter kills. And again, the Spirit gives life. Now, verse 7 says, but if the ministry of death, now he's talking about Moses, and you remember that story. Let me read it, and then we'll just, you know. He says, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses. That's why he says it's glorious. And after 40 days in the mountain, Moses came, and there was this aura, this brilliance to his face, that people could not look at his face. He had to cover it. Meanwhile, what he brought from that encounter is referred to as the ministry of death. It didn't produce life, it produced death. It didn't produce justification, it produced condemnation. Verse number, I want to join and go to verse number 10. It says, for if the ministry, verse number 9, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. This is for even that which was glory, made glorious. Ah, no, I couldn't have left out verse number eight. Or let, let me go back to verse number seven. It says, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Hallelujah. In other words, what you have working in your heart. Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, it just came to me this way. That your heart is brighter than the face of Moses. What's happening in your heart is brighter. It's more glorious than what people saw on the face of Moses. Meanwhile, what they saw on the face of Moses, it moves them. They were scared. They were scared. They had to put a veil over the face of Moses. Hallelujah. And what the Bible says, what you have is infinitely much more glorious. Hallelujah. And then it says, let me go to verse number 10. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. That's our glory. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. I'm coming back to that in a moment. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of that which was passing away. But their minds were blinded. 
For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Hallelujah. It says, but even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is what? Taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Hallelujah. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It says, but we all. Hallelujah. We have a common destiny. Our patrimony in Christ is the same. Glory to God. There's no one who's been destined to be more glorious than another. The function of your allowance and your cooperation with the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, but we all, all of us, how many of us? With unveiled faces. Why do we have unveiled faces? Because we have turned to the Lord. Hallelujah. With unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror. What are we seeing? The glory of the Lord. And where is that glory? It's what's working in our hearts. The Bible says we are being transformed into the same image from glory. This is happening to you right now. You are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I said this is happening to you right now. It's what the Holy Ghost does every day in your life. You are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Can I say that again? This is what the Holy Ghost is doing in our lives. Every day, he's transforming us into the same image from glory to glory. Why? First Corinthians chapter 15 tells us. It says, as we have borne the image of the man of dust. He says we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Oh, I wanted to close without looking at that, but let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Let me read to you from verse number um, 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body you know. And there is a spiritual body. Hallelujah. Your spiritual body is being transformed. Hallelujah. Alright. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. That's why we are where we are. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man 
is the Lord from heaven. Hallelujah. Bible says, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Hallelujah. Bible says, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear. We should also bear. We do also bear the image of the heavenly man. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, when we see him, when he's revealed, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. And this is the work of the Spirit. This is the work of the Spirit. Pastor Shola, what then should I do? Second Corinthians chapter 3 there. Paul says, having this hope, we speak boldly. We speak boldly. We speak boldly of the truth of the Lord. It's not like Moses. Whose glory was fading away. Our glory will not fade. Cannot fade. So what? We speak boldly. We speak boldly. Of the work of the spirit in our lives we speak boldly. Daily we declare the spirit of the Lord is at work in my life. Daily we declare that I'm being changed into the same image. From glory to glory. Boldly we declare to others. That Jesus will give them life. Boldly we declare to others that being like Jesus is their destiny. This is what God has discerned. This is what he has determined concerning them. They should come to him. That he may wash them. That he may set them free and qualify them to receive his spirit. And that that spirit may work in them the new life unto righteousness. Hallelujah. Speak boldly and confident in the work of the Lord. I have the glorious ministry of the Holy Spirit in me. Speak boldly of these things. Do not be timid about the things that the Spirit is doing in your life. Do not be timid about the life of God you've received. Do not be timid about the truth that has come to you in the hope of the gospel. Do not be timid. Speak boldly and have an answer by the Spirit for all those who will ever ask you questions. Let it be clear for all to see. Like we read, that you're an epistle of Christ. In your thoughts, let it be clear for all to see that you're an epistle of Christ. In your words, let it be clear for all to see that you're an epistle of Christ. In your conduct, let it be clear for all to see that you're an epistle of Christ. Let every encounter with you be a testimony, a credit to the work of the Spirit of the Lord in your life. Hallelujah. Bible says, for as we have borne the image of the man of dust, let us also bear the image of the man that is from heaven. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last one, a life-given spirit. And he's the one who is in us, at work in us, bringing to pass his glory. 
we all with open faces beholding us in a glass. Oh, we behold the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image. Can you lift your voice and say, I behold and I am changed. I behold, I am changed. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The spirit of the Lord is in my heart. I'm free from every encumbrance. I'm free, there's liberty in my heart. And I can see with unveiled face the glory of the Lord. I'm changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Would somebody just raise and just worship the Lord tonight? Just worship the Lord. You want to rise? You want to rise and just worship the Lord for two minutes as we take before we take the offering and close to service. I want you to just boldly declare. I'm a recipient of the ministry, the glorious ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord works mightily in me. Oh, glory to God. I'm changed, I'm changed, I'm changed. I'm changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. If the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead, since the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, I have the resurrection at work in me likewise. Oh glory, hallelujah. Imbra dongri king deriva rosta satara. Masanta la votare ma costal e fricchetti la protandere parostai e le brando gringalasia i brado zantae barraste ginglo sitala e le frendi la prandosche li pradosca la branosa inde pecurnasi angorostense ketere de che more and more like Jesus more and more like Jesus Clearly, clearly and more clearly, I'm an epistle of Christ. Clearly, clearly and more clearly, I am an epistle of Christ. Clearly, clearly and clearly, I am an epistle of Christ. Ministered, not in ink, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Not upon tablets of stone, but upon the upon flesh, the tablets of my heart. Oh, the Holy Ghost is at work in me. The Holy Spirit is at work in me. The Holy Spirit is working me. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. Thank you, Spirit Lord. I have the glorious ministry of the Holy Spirit at work in me. I have the glorious ministry of the Holy Spirit abounding in me, making me more and more like Jesus. O Shambarabogo Segete Liva Barazataya Edebrotogo Santa Lavatora Yembradon Zagate Yebradoza. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Now let me say this before we close. We take our offering close. The most important and foundational fundamental guarantee that you have the Holy Spirit is that you are born again. Are you with me? I recognize some of you do not speak with other tongues. 
But the fact that you don't speak with other tongues does not mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. The most foundational truth by which you know you have the Holy Spirit is that you are born again. For no man can be born again apart from him having the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Like I told you, it is the Spirit that gives life. For you to have the new life, the Holy Spirit must have been present to give you the new life. Every genuine child of God who has put their faith in the Lord Jesus according to the ministry of the gospel they have heard is a child of God and has the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 tells us that much. It says, and you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if it be, you get, that he dwells in you. And if any man have not his spirit, he is not his. Remember also Ephesians 1.13, when you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. So whether you speak in other tongues like I'm speaking or not, if you know you're genuinely born again, I want you to place your right hand on your chest. I want you to take one minute to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not a noisy time. Close your eyes and acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Call him. Say, Spirit of the Lord. I acknowledge your presence in my life. I give you room to fulfill your ministry. I give you room to fulfill your mandate. I'm asking for greater expressions of your presence, your purpose, and your power in my life. I give you room to succeed in my life. Teach me. Instruct me. Correct me. Lead me. Help me to know you. Glorify Jesus in me. Thank you, blessed Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was a powerful time of fellowship brought to you by MICC Global through our lead pastor, Reverend Olushola Olayemi. We believe you've been greatly blessed and we will definitely love to hear from you. Masterpiece in Christ Church is located at Tanke Okeodo Ilori. This and all other messages are available to you on our website at www.miccng.org and on our social media handles on Facebook, Mixilar, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok.
all with MICC Global. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Masterpiece in Christ Church or call 081-214-733-19, 081-214-733-19. For support or donation, kindly send to the following details, 101-6125-314. 101-6125-314. The account name is Masterpiece in Christ Church. Bank name is UBA. Masterpiece in Christ Church. We are Jesus everywhere.